Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 245 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. It's Technique Tuesday, and we'll be looking at the forehand follow-up. In the questions, we talk about medium pips, tacky Chinese rubbers, Samsonov serve, and Alexander Karakezevich. Did I say that right? Who knows? I'm Jeff Flum, and as always, Super Coach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeff. Karakasovic, you got it. <laughs> Karakasovic, excellent. Yes, we will be talking about him, but first, Alois, we've got some Ping Seals questions from, well, we've got one for today and yesterday's to talk about. Yesterday, the question was, can you play a musical instrument and if so, is it relevant to your table tennis? What did people say? Yeah, so we had a few responses. So Julie said that she, uh, she plays the guitar physically, keeping the wrists and forearms stretched and loose, shares relevance with table tennis. Musically, she said those speed, tempo, uh, placement of the correct fingers on the correct strings, um, force and spin, not so much. Hmm, interesting. Um so where are we? We've got um, a couple on the on the blog. So Dieter, I knew he'd be in it. Um, so he said, I play the guitar and the harmonica. It's not e- really relevant to my current quest to become a good table tennis player. You learn a few things about learning when having gone through the process in different domains. But then again, the domain specifics account for a lot of variation. Hmm. And Marson? said, I play the drums professionally and piano just for fun. It's hard to tell if it's helping my game or just messes up the usual order of things I have to learn. There are definitely differences with other people. Example, I don't count every stroke during consistency training. Every eight strokes, for example, I feel as a musical form, you can, you can hymn a song, you can do it, and I just think one. Then I get to 10, I have already 80 hits. So, yeah, so... Not many, uh, not many people thinking that their music helps their uh, helps their table tennis. What about you, Jeff? I know that you're a bit of a closet musician. Um, well, uh, musician's really the wrong word. I I have a guitar and I like to play <laughs> it, but I'm just not musical at all. Completely tone deaf. Um, so I think, yeah, I think the table tennis helped me, like you know, learn where to put my fingers and everything. But I just don't have it musically, so. Dev, I don't think music helped my table tennis. Maybe table tennis helped me at least get physically coordinated to play the guitar, but that's about it, I think. What about you? Uh, no, no musical talent at all. Um, used to play the piano when I was little, um, not very well. Um, yeah, it's but you can sing quite well. Trait you picked up from your father. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. No. Um, the um, the interesting thing I think is you know just the timing and the and the rhythm perhaps that was was the thing that I thought might be able to translate um, through from music to to table tennis but uh, yeah yeah well it was interesting that Marson um, counted in eight yeah yes that is thanks for sharing Marson. Yeah, and and I th- I think in th- in those situations it can help, you know, like even having that rhythm in your head of when you're counting, so one, two, three, four, five, six, it it does develop um, a pattern and a timing um, help for you, I think, um, when you when you're counting and 
um, and and you know the rhythm of the count, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for answering. And let's get on to today's Pingskillers question of the day, which is, after the results in Kuwait, who are your picks for the two men and two women to represent China at the Rio Olympics? So jump onto the Facebook page and let us know or onto the Ping Skills website. Who are the two picks or no, who are your picks for the two men and two women to represent China at the Rio Olympics? Going to be interesting. All right, let's move on to this day in history. What happened on the 22nd of March? Well, one is one of our para-Australian um, athletes that will uh, be trying to qualify for Rio, Barak Mizraki. Happy birthday to you. But also, here's another one for you, Jeff. Um, and I'll better get the year that uh, this person was born. Um, uh, yes, 1923. That's a, bit of a, that's a bit of a clue for you. That's the first clue. And this is the second clue. And it's not so good for those um, on the podcast, but here you go. This is, this is the clue. Um, Harry? Harry? Who's Harry? <laughs> uh, Charlie? No, not Charlie. Marcel Marceau, Jeffrey. Marcel, Marcel Marceau. That was my mime impression. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I thought so. It was good. I'm just, I just don't really know much about that guy. Marcel Marceau. <laughs> but okay, okay. Comes up Marcel with all these Marcel. random things. He expects me to know. Who knows about Marcel Marceau? Oh. Anyway, <laughs> guys, you have to get on and support me once again, Marcel Marceau. Surely everyone knows Marcel Marceau. <laughs> but happy birthday, Barack! Anyway, yes, and Marcel, <laughs> and Marcel. Is he still alive? Oh, that's a very good question. I'll just look that up for you. <laughs> All right. While you're looking that up, we're going to talk yeah. about the power of practice. We were going to talk about my performance after a two-day break, but I thought, hey, why stop there? Let's look at my performance after a three-day break. So, oh, yeah. You're just trying to expand the field of exploration. I like it, Jeff. Exactly. But instead of doing my five minutes of practice, I did watch this top spin. I went, When this first came out years ago on Kickstarter, I funded whatever the amount was for a DVD and I finally got the DVD yesterday. So I watched Top Spin. I know a few people have already seen it. Very interesting. Well done. Uh, it's all about uh, Lily Zhang, Ariel Singh and um, yeah, trying to qualify for the London Olympics um, and Michael Landers as well. Yes. So very well done. Um, if you haven't seen it and you like table tennis, definitely worth watching. Or even if you don't like table tennis, I think a lot of people who know nothing about the sport will actually really enjoy it. So, uh, yes, spread the word. Top spin. How's your uh, power of practice going, Alois? Uh, yeah, I'm getting. I'm getting to a stage where I feel like I've, you know, just about got the feel of the skill. So what I did yesterday was. I was starting to get worried that my bat, the rubber was um, starting to wear and maybe that was making it um, a lot easier. So I went and got another bat I had with new rubber on it and I did it with that and um, it felt pretty good with that as well. So you just have to, you'll have to have a look at uh, my day 21 of uh, Spin Catcher Challenge 
and just have a look at where I've progressed to. But and give me a bit of a rating. Give me a bit of a you know um, a, a percentage of a of a uh, of a freitas. Okay, let, let okay. me know. Let me know. Am I a fifty percent, Marcus? Am I 50, 60, 20? Give me a rating. Awesome. Yep. Jump on and let give give your thoughts on Alois's spin catcher. All right. Well, it is Tuesday, and that means it's Technique Tuesday. Alois, what are we talking about today? Yeah. So today we're talking about the forehand follow up. So, um, and this is one that um, a lot of players do have some problems with. So what the forehand follow-up is, is the, the shot after you make that first top spin against backspin. So this is the rally. So I serve, you push it back to me. I make that first forehand top spin. And people tend to get pretty good at that one, you know, making that first conversion top spin against the backspin. But then when your opponent blocks it back, I see this all the time. You're hitting that next one off the end of the table. So it's a matter of making that adjustment from the lifting topspin to the forward topspin against the block. And it sounds simple enough, but it's that subtle difference between uh, playing against the backspin ball and playing against the block or the topspin ball that catches a lot of people out. Really important on that forehand follow-up ball to go forward and really focus on hitting that ball down. You almost never will hit that ball into the net when you start trying this. So I want you to really come forward and come right over the top of that next ball so that you're dipping it down onto the table um, and not letting it go off the end. Um, so let me know if, you, if it's an issue that's... Um, that's been difficult for you. And we do have a video on um, on the forehand follow-up in our um, masterclasses. So, yeah, so get onto that if you're a premium member especially and, um, and have a look. And if you're not a premium member, um, you know, just the, the cost of a one-month membership allows you to, to see all of those videos, uh, not just the forehand follow-up. Allows you to see all the videos for the whole month as well. So that might be something you can get onto. But, yeah, the forehand follow-up, a really important... Um, stroke to get over and to learn. Um, and, and I find, you know, just, it, again, it's that um, first part of the rally that a lot of people get tied up with, you know. They might have really nice um, topspin, topspin shots and topspin against block, but it's the changing up in the early part from the serve to the topspin lift to that next forehand ball that catches a lot of people out. Once they get into that rally, then it's all right. But that, just that conversion gets a lot of people so yeah get onto it um and and have a look at that uh, forehand follow-up video sign up for a month and just watch that one absolutely yeah such a critical part of the game isn't it like you said that initial part of the rally it's it can be very technical technical cool it can be very technical because it's all about spin and placement and touch um yeah so it, it, and it does take time to develop um, and this forehand follow-up, Alois, is, yeah, a favourite of yours because you, you see that all the time. So, yeah, if you're having trouble converting between that first top spin and the next one, take some of those tips into account. Make sure you're adjusting for the top spin ball. And, uh, yeah, once you learn that, then you're, then you're on your way, aren't you, Alois? Yeah, that's right. It's just getting into that rally is, is really important. Um, and those first couple of balls, you know, just making those conversions and those subtle changes. Yeah, really important to, to get into it. 
Absolutely. All right. Now it's time to get into the questions. And Mike D is first up um, using the Google Q&A button. So thanks, Mike. He says, hi, guys. Last weekend, I was playing a player at the club who was using medium pips on his forehand. I never played against someone who used medium pips. What are some tactics that I could use that is effective against this type of rubber? Yeah, so the medium pips um, is, as its name suggests, is sort of a, a halfway between a short pip and a long pip. So as the that's the length of the pimple on the bat. So I'll just show you the bat. So here, this is a long pimple rubber. Um, so you can see there that the, you might be able to see there the pimple wobbles a fair bit. So medium pip is just a bit shorter. The actual pimples on the bat are a little bit shorter. So um, it can be quite an effective rubber because it does have some of the properties of the long pimple where it does convert the um, spin on the ball. So you do almost need to play it like you're playing a long pimple rubber. So if you're going to top spin to it, expect that ball to come back with a little bit of backspin. It's not going to have as much conversion um, but it will have some effect, uh, some reversing effect. So if I top spin, it's going to come back backspin. If I put backspin, it's going to come back with top spin. Um, one one thing, especially if if the player's playing with it on their forehand side, is that they aren't going to be able to attack very strongly with the with their pimples on the forehand side. So that is going to be a limitation for them. So you can perhaps, you know, think about if you're unsure, just pushing that ball long into the into the forehand corner, um, try to get them to push the ball or lift the ball softly, and then you're in and you can play a strong ball on the next uh, on the next shot. So, yeah, so that would be my basic tactic against the, the medium pimple rubber. Yeah, good advice there, yeah. Push long to the forehand and, and then try and attack. Um, good, simple tactic. And it's great to see Mike D at a club. That's really good. And this is where you find all different types of players and different types of styles. So that's a perfect example, Mike. And, you know, it just develops your game, gives you more opportunities to play against different people, which is always fun. And now you've got a chance to learn uh, against medium pips. So well done, Mike. And anyone else who hasn't yet, try and find a club, get down there. You will really enjoy it. Yeah, and the other thing, the other thing I didn't mention earlier is that that w- when a player plays with the medium pimples or something on their forehand, it's usually because they didn't have a strong forehand with um, inverted rubber. If they had a if they had a strong um, forehand with inverted rubber, they would be playing with inverted rubber. So it's almost a weakness or an area that you can exploit. Um, Sometimes when we see that medium pimples, we go, oh, no, and we steer away and we go to the other side. But the other side is his backhand where he's probably confident with inverted rubber. So um, as much as you don't like the medium pimple, it may be the area that you can exploit the other person with as well. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, the more you play against this, you're going to get used to how it reacts and you'll, you'll get more and more confident against that type of rubber. So, yeah. Try targeting that forehand. All right. Next up is a question from Stan who says, Chinese rubbers are well known for the tacky top sheet. I have a DHS Neo Hurricane 3 black for my forehand. Any tips on how to maintain its tackiness? Because it seems to wear off easily after being bought. Yeah. So that 
Um, so the first thing is cleaning it. Just use um, uh, a, a soft cloth uh, with a bit of water on it and just wipe it off. That's the main thing. You just got to get that that dust and dirt off it. Now we, we get this a little bit. So that tacky surface on the on the top of it doesn't really add a real lot to the performance of the rubber. The, the most important part of the rubber is the actual rubber itself and the grip inside the rubber. Um, so that really tacky top sheet is only, it's almost um, a little gimmicky. Um, so you don't really need that, um, that really tacky surface on it. That the rubber is going to grip um, anyway, and it's going to grip well. And, and, and that, really tacky i'm not sure even sure how they do it but that really um sticky type of feel on the top uh, doesn't add a real lot to the performance so don't worry too much just wipe the um the bat down as i said with a soft cloth don't don't rub it and and get an abrasive surface on it but yeah just rub it down with a soft cloth a soft damp cloth and let it dry off and um, that's the best way to do it all right, good advice for you, Stan. I uh, hope you're enjoying the Neo Hurricane 3. It's quite a popular rubber. Um, next up is a question from Johnny. He says, I've always been wondering what type of serve is Samsonov's serve? Uh, it is poetry in motion is Samsonov's serve. He, um, he does the high toss serve, so he's throwing the ball up really high. And he then just does a pendulum serve. So all he's doing is he's doing a normal pendulum serve, basically, but with a really high toss. So why does he do the high toss? Um, one, it adds speed to the ball. So when the ball's falling from a greater height, it's moving faster when it touches your bat, touches the rubber. So the increased speed will add to increased spin on the ball. Um, on the contact. So that's why he does it. That's the main reason. Um, it also can be a distraction for your opponent um, to what to try to track the ball all the way up and all the way down. But that isn't the main reason that he does it. It's mainly because of the increased speed um, that he can generate or, or increased speed that gener that converts into increased spin um, on his service. Um, and as I said, it's just one of those beautiful serves in table tennis. It's just so fluent. Um, it's all there. He does it 90% um, of the time in his matches now. Um, and, it, and, it's, and he knows he knows the response that's coming basically all the time now because he's done it so often. He's so focused on that, um, that high toss serve that, um, that that's a real strength of his game. Yeah, and I think Alois... We mentioned this maybe on a Facebook post a while ago. Um, I don't think people do enough of the high toss serve. Um, I guess people are a bit worried because it does take a bit of practice because firstly, you've got to get the toss right so that it's coming down the same uh, place every time. And then as you mentioned, the ball is falling faster, so it is a bit harder to get the timing right and get the contact right. But it is an effective serve, and I think people probably should practice that high toss just a little bit more. Yeah, it just and it ch just changes it up a bit, you know. Like as as you said, not many people are using it nowadays, so it's it's just a different serve, and it's easy to do. You once you've got the basics of your pendulum serve, then throwing in the high toss is just a, a little bit more to to learn and to add to um, the skill of the serve. So you give it a give it a try. I love the high toss serve. Do it. <laughs> it is one of Alois's favorites. All right, now Johan says Alexander Karakezevich 
Please explain who this guy is. <laughs> Why does ZJK, Zhang Zikur, have such problems with him? He must be doing some things right to keep his opponent so out of balance. His variation of return is superb. Yeah, oh, yeah. Karakasevic um, has one of the, the best wrists and touch um, that I've seen in the game for the last 10, 15, 20 years probably. Um, left-hander, and if you haven't had a chance to have a, a, a watch Karakasevic play, we'll put a link on um, with his match with uh, Zhang Zikur on the show notes, and you can have a look at it. And it's just incredible what he can do with the wrist. So on the return of serve, you know, his, his wrist is able to do whatever he wants. So it's here and he can do this, he can do this. He's doing, um, with, with his forehand topspin, he's going down the line, he's going cross court. It's a little bit Waldner-ish, um, if anything. Um, wow, high praise. Yeah, indeed. Um, and even on the backhand side, you know, he's going this way, he's going the other way with his, with his wrist. And it makes it, makes it really difficult for his opponent to be balanced and to be able to watch and see where that ball's coming. Because from here, like even here, 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 it's hard to tell where he's going. You can go there, you can go there. Um, so, yeah, he's a very effective player. He's, he's pretty old now. I can't remember how old he is, but um, in his 40s, um, pretty old um, and um, has been around on the world tour for a very, very long time. So, um, yeah, if you haven't had a chance to see Karakasevic play, Get onto it. It's pretty um, pretty spectacular. Um, now, do we recommend that everyone tries to play like Karakasevich? No, um, because especially early on, if you're trying to do all of that stuff, it's um, you're just going to uh, lead to a lot more errors. But it's a lot of fun to try. You know, just sometimes in your practice, if you're getting a little bit bored and you need um, a little bit to spice up your practice session, just try a few Karakasevichs. You know, this way, this way. Just utilize the wrist, um, try to do something a little bit different. Um, you'll enjoy it. Playing like Karakasevich. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, so thanks for bringing that up, Johan. Uh, always good to see new players that you haven't seen. So take a look at Karakasevich. And as Alois said, try some of those things out when you're getting bored. A lot of fun. All right, Alois, that wraps up show 245. I want everyone to go to pingskills.com and sign up for our free email newsletter if you haven't already. And thanks for everyone asking questions. You can always do that live on the show at our Google Plus page or you can ask the coach and we take the best questions from the Ask the Coach section of the Ping Skills website. All right, thanks everyone and thank you, Alois. Thanks, Jeffrey, and uh, we'll see you all tomorrow. And Jeffrey's off to do his table tapper practice. Absolutely. <laughs> Catch you tomorrow with some table tapper updates. Bye, everyone. Yeah. Bye.